Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. Today, I'm going to be talking to Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and Lydia Rex, one of our parent coaches and my partner in the Monday Morning Clubhouse prayer room. We're going to be having a discussion about the root, the goal of discipline. We're going to be talking about what is the bottom line when it comes to why we discipline our kids. This conversation is rich, and I know that it will be a guide to your interactions with your kids. So let's get started. Welcome, Lydia. Welcome to the microphone. Hey, Stacy. Happy to be here with you. <laughs> you're, you're not a stranger to this podcast. I know you've been on before, but you are one of the newer staff people here at Connected Families. Why don't you tell us about your family? Yeah, well, I am the wife of a worship pastor and mom of two little kiddos, Julia and Eric. And then I'm a parent coach with Connected Families now. So yeah. And a nurse, right? And a nurse. Yeah. Super fun, interesting nurse background, you know. Yes. So good. Well, and welcome, Lynn. Welcome back to the microphone. Why, thank you. It's good to have you two here. You know, I wanted to start this conversation maybe a little bit different than we've started other podcasts before. But I wanted to start with the biblical perspective around the goal of parenting. You know, I know that all three of us love the Bible. We love studying the Bible. Is that right, girls? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. And I also know that everything that we do here at Connected Families, our foundation is first and foremost, the Bible. And so I I thought about that. And then I thought, well, hold up now. Jesus wasn't a parent, was he? (laughs) But he was a good shepherd. So the question that I want to start with is, as we look at Jesus's example, what stands out to you as far as the goal of discipline? Yeah. So when I think about discipline, I think about disciple. I think about how Jesus discipled these followers that he had with him. You know, I kind of think about this idea of making disciples. That's actually a command that Jesus gave us is to share in his mission of making disciples. And I think that's part of our, what we're doing as parents, right? So think of the quintessential disciple that comes to your mind when you think about the word disciple. I I think of Peter. And as I was thinking about this question, what's the goal of discipline? I'm thinking, well, what was, what was Jesus goal with these disciples that he turned out at the end of his ministry? And two moments came to my mind when I thought about Peter. The first, of course, is this terrible heart-wrenching moment where he denies Jesus three times. After I'm with Jesus, all of this discipling and teaching and mentoring, and there's this failure, right? So we know that Peter was far from perfect, Mm -hmm. even at towards the end of being discipled by Jesus. Other moment that really sticks out to me is after the resurrection, after Jesus is back on the scene. And there's this story that we read about where the disciples are out on the fishing boat and Jesus is on the shore. And as soon as they recognize that it's Jesus on the shore, Peter jumps off the boat and swims for shore. Can't even wait. He's that eager. And and that's right after he had just denied Jesus and had this massive failure. So I think about what that means for this relationship between Jesus and Peter, this deep connection, this steadfast love and grace in the midst of beautiful shining moments and difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to put those two little pieces, those two little pictures out there as we think about 
self-discipline? Because to me, it's wrapped up in that. Lynn, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I just think that's a great example. And just from my years, even decades coaching parents, one of the sweetest things is to see when parents really lean into the connective and mentoring opportunities in discipline that can so build the strength, the connection, and even the respect of your child for you in those difficult moments. And it's not easy to get there, but there is just such wonderful opportunities in discipline moments to really strengthen our relationship with our kids instead of having that build resentment and frustration in both parents and kids. Because I can imagine that Jesus could have felt frustrated. He even could have felt resentment, right? Jesus felt all the things that we feel. And this was towards the end of his three years with Peter. And so he had invested so much. He had, he had been training Peter and, and all of the disciples, of course. And so when Peter denied him three times, he could have just thrown up his arms and said, really, why do I have to deal with this? <laughs> like, I sure have felt that and thought that in my mind with my kids. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even it's like, oh, he jumps out of the boat. Oh, yeah. Now when everything's calm, you're eager to be with me. But what about back there? You know, mm, yeah, over, which I, I love Lydia's point of that of just the grace that had to be the very fabric of that relationship in order for Peter to want to jump out of that boat. Yeah. You know, I just think about that. I think if I had been Peter, I would have been so deep in shame. And it just yes. imagine that I probably would have hid in the back of the boat. Like, you doesn't want to see me. Uh-huh. He doesn't. But Peter knew better. He knew in his heart. He knew Jesus was so deeply that here he goes jumping right off the boat. And I just love that picture. And I love too how just forward thinking, how future thinking Jesus was. He wasn't going to dwell on the past with with Peter there. He mm. was going to lead him, you know, forward as a disciple. And so Jesus wasn't a parent, but wow, what an example of how we want to parent our kids, how we want to be a parent that our kids don't need to hide in the back of the boat with shame. Mm. But no, they know, they know, they know, they know that they can come to us after a failure and that we will receive them without wanting to dump the shame on even harder, right? Or So I love that. I love that we started with that today because I know that you both are parent coaches at here at Connected Families. And I've heard, not that I've been one of them, but I've heard that parents a lot of times come to coaching because they've got a behavior to fix. Um, so I wonder, Lynn, like if you could just speak to that. Usually the first desire of a parent when they come to connected families. Yeah. And it's like, there is no shame if that's how you're feeling right now. We all feel the burden of just the challenges of our kids' behavior. And it stresses us, it stresses our kids, it stresses the other children in the family. So it's natural to want to just, can I just help this problem get better and this behavior stop? It's a very natural impulse. It's just that it often works against us in terms of really making helpful changes in our family. So that's why we're unpacking this topic today about the goal of discipline. Okay. So Lydia and Lynn, what would you say uh, good goals should be for discipline? Well, like I said, our 
quick impulse is when things are chaotic, we feel internally out of control. And the more out of control we feel, the more we are going to want to try to control our kids. And so we do whatever we can to manage behavior. And sometimes you just have to do that in the moment, but then to really think big picture. And it's like, if I'm putting my primary energy into managing behavior, you know, there's messages I'm communicating to my kiddo, like you're a problem and I'm, you just need to be fixed. And so a phrase that we've developed to help parents is to make the shift from primarily managing behavior to mentoring belief, Mm. mentoring belief in our kids. So for example, if kids believe that the most reliable way to get connection that I need from a parent is to have a big outburst, they're going to do that because they need that connection. But then if we focus on managing that behavior in a way that discourages them further, the whole problem can just become a spiral. So that's where, you know, to shift from managing behavior to mentoring beliefs of our children, that can get us on an upward spiral instead of a downward spiral. I find that to be a really freeing shift because if we're really working on managing all the behavior, I mean, we're going to be doing that all day long. And once we get one behavior under control, sometimes another one then pops up and, you know, it just becomes this endless cycle of trying to control our kids. And I know when I heard that phrase to mentor beliefs instead of managing behavior, uh, there's a huge light bulb moment for me because I realized even in the times when I, I thought I was going about things the right way and I thought I was, you know, trying to use the framework with my kids so often I easily slipped into this, I got to control this behavior. I got to manage this behavior. The goal is managing behavior, but really it's not. It's helping our kids to grow in their beliefs Mm. so that they are self-motivated to keep growing. Well, and Lydia, I know that that takes place at every level of our framework. Mm-hmm. safe, loved, called and capable and responsible. We talk about it all the time on our podcast, but I mean, what does this actually look like? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'll share a recent story. This is from Christmas Eve, which, you know, at the time that we're recording, this is just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got our wonderful Christmas Eve candlelight service oh. <laughs> as a mom of young kids. Singing Silent Night by actual candlelight is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, this service is at dinner time. It's crowded. The music is loud. We're so excited about presents the next day. Ever think that's supposed to be the, the ultimate peaceful finish to a Christmas Eve <laughs> service? Olivia, it was your husband's idea, right? (laughs) Well, there are some traditions we just cannot. Yeah, that's right. Um, And you know, I you'll see by the end of the story, it was really a sweet little moment. But you know, it's not a good situation for a sensory kid who loves fire. And that is my six year old son. And he was bound and determined he was going to hold a candle by himself, at least one candle, and he's going to light the candles of everyone around him. He was ready for it. And you know, I I set a clear boundary with him of buddy, you can hold the candle with me or you can hold a battery candle by yourself. And you know, he just melted down utter meltdown right in the middle of church. He punches me. He says, I hate this day. You know, we're just big feelings all over the place. And it just was almost like kind of history flashing in my brain. Cause we 
we've been here before, you know, I've been to Christmas Eve service with my kids a few times. And, and I remember leaving church feeling so discouraged and like such a failure of a mom. But you know, what's been happening in the meantime is God's been mentoring me in my belief. So my belief is, oh, my precious little son is having a hard time. And I can understand that. And I'm thinking, how can I mentor him in his beliefs? What do I want him to believe right now? And so I said, this is really tough. This is really tough. We can get through this. We're going to get through this. And I got down on his level and I just, I kind of hold my hands out to him and just get down on his level and, and just giving him this message that like, I'm right here with you. And I said, I'm going to stay right with you. This is tough you know, and I repeated the boundary and he, he raged a little bit, but then a few minutes later, he put his little arm around my neck and stood up on the chair and we held that candle together. And I just watched his precious little face and he's singing, he's totally engaged. And so there it is, you know, messy little disciple, but I want him to know I'm here with you. I'm here. I'm here to help. We're going to get through this. And then, you know, we're not all bundled up in shame and conflict. We then got to have this beautiful moment singing together and, you know, seeing his little heart engage. And it was such a sweet moment. But that's what it looks like, you know, with a six-year-old to think about, you know, what are the beliefs going on here? Sure. He initially he had this belief that mom's against me. She doesn't think I'm capable. She wants to spoil my fun, all those things. <laughs> and yeah. it's, as you connected well with him, then you could begin to shape those beliefs. Nothing, you know, lofty and theological, like, oh, let's get out the scripture right here in the moment. But just that belief that mom is for me. She loves me. We're a team. We can get through this. We're going to do this together. You know, those yeah. kinds of, of beliefs is what yeah. you're talking about here. So yeah. yeah. How is he going to feel about himself? If I, you know, put the hammer down, you can't behave like this in church. And how is he going to feel about himself if I'm there to help him? Right. You know, right. And can grow together. Oh, yeah. Lydia, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think people around the world got a good giggle and resonate with that story. And if you were sitting behind me in church on Christmas Eve, I hope that you uh, <laughs> enjoyed the, the extra entertainment. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> we don't worry about that, do we? Oh, that's right. We're here for our kids. So, you guys, this was great. So, we just talked about one shift. The shift was from managing behavior to mentoring beliefs. And I know that you have a couple more shifts coming to mm -hmm. talk about the goal of discipline. But before we move to the last two or three, we're going to jump to a commercial and we'll be right back. Well, hey, everybody, this is Stacy. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed, confused, even guilty in your parenting? Do you want to stop the yelling and fighting? Stop regretting your actions? Stop missing out on the joys of parenthood? Parenting is hard. Well, registration is open for the eight-session online course called Discipline that connects with your child's heart. At Connected Families, we know that parenting is tough and you need help. The problem is that traditional parenting advice isn't working. It's causing anger and damaging your relationship with your child, which makes you feel overwhelmed, guilty, and even ashamed. We believe this can't be what God wants for your family. 
thousands of parents have found hope using our simple framework based on biblical principles and brain science. After finishing the course last year, one dad said, I have so much more confidence as a dad and a husband. I always felt my weaknesses and lack of a sense of direction. After taking discipline that connects, I feel like God has provided me with the help I needed. I have a direction to grow forward. I can't tell you how much better your guidance has been than nearly anything else I've ever read or heard about parenting. Are you ready for change? Discipline that connects with your child's heart is designed to tone down the chaos and bring more peace in the home. Register for the course today. When you register, you will receive many bonus materials and extra resources, including live Q&A sessions with Jim and Lynn Jackson. Go to the show notes or connectedfamilies.org for all of the details. I hope you go and register today. All right. Well, we're back after the break and we're going to just jump right into the next shift. And so Lynn, tell us what that one is. Well, a lot of times just because parenting is so hard and you know, eyes are on us, just like Lydia was talking about, we also can have a goal that is counterproductive of managing our image Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and making that shift to mentoring beliefs instead. If you have a little pyrotechnic young boy, you're going to really get a lot out of this session because I've got my own little playing with fire story. Story? (laughs) Awesome. Bring it on. Okay. So our church, after meeting in a theater for years, finally built this beautiful building. And it was one of the first Sundays that it was open. And the pastor's wife comes to Jim and says, your son, Noah? was lighting matches under the stairwell with younger boys, including our son. (laughs) Our little pyro son was curious, you know, creative and a leader. And he had the other little boys with him lighting matches under the stairwell of (laughs) the new church building. And so the pastor's wife comes to Jim and he immediately has the impulse to just like go, you know, let's demonstrate coming down on Noah, making sure he knows this is wrong. And they see I'm dealing with this. And he says out loud to calm himself down and shift his goal. He says, even parent educators, kids, act up sometimes because we were the church's parent educators, of course. So he goes to Noah and just connects with him and asks him some questions about what happened. Noah felt bad right away. Then they went to the janitor and, you know, kind of worked out how he could make it right by kind of working with the janitor a little bit and learning to value the building and all this stuff. But he had to stop and make that shift from managing behavior, from managing his own image in front of the pastor's wife to really mentoring belief about what is wise behavior in a church building and specifically related to younger kids. So that's just another shift that we can make away from managing image to mentoring beliefs and wisdom and skills. Even having that picture of of God with us, I think I actually thought about that while we were in church. Maybe what if God was sitting behind me in church? And I, I know, and I know He would just have compassion because this was a tough moment. He loves my kid, and and so that makes it easier to not be focused on 
what our image looks like to other people. Yeah. yeah. But this is really real because you know I do parent workshops and it's the meltdown in, in your grocery store and the, I want the candy no matter what. And we, you know, and um, so I think we all feel this and we talk about this in terms of the foundation of the framework and it's asking ourselves the question, what is going on in me? So that I can first and foremost realize, wait a minute, I'm a little embarrassed right here. And so I need to check that before I interact with my child, because if I don't, I might interact in a more harsh way than I really want to. Another shift that can be really helpful is to shift from managing justice as our goal to mentoring those wisdom and skills. It's all about mentorship. So I can totally remember the early days of sibling conflict in our family, where it's like if one child hurt another, and there was a usual pattern between who did the hurting and who was hurt that, you know, really tapped into my biases from my childhood with older brothers. Let's just say that's all we need to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But you you want to run in and whatever child is being hurt or whatever is going wrong, you want justice done. The problem is when we, that's our goal, as opposed to mentoring the wisdom and skills that is going to empower the child that's struggling to do better. If our goal is to meet out justice, then we tend to discourage that child and make the situation worse. So I needed to shift to, Lord, what's the opportunity to grow the wisdom and skills here that my kids need to have awesome relationships in life, the kind of relationships that are the trickle down of your grace. So I have a great example of this with a family where there was extreme physical abuse from a younger son of an older, very timid daughter. And it was just a great example of all that there was many things that this mom did to try to teach wisdom and self-control to the son. But one of the things that she did was she took them both to Taekwondo and the son began, you know, it helped him some to just learn that discipline and self-control, but it really helped the daughter not to just be in a victim mindset, but to be confident and to be assertive and to speak up. And so you back up on that and you think about, she was thinking long-term, what does each child in this situation need to change this pattern over the long run? And, you know, it's just an example of, it's not about managing justice, but it's about mentoring the wisdom and skills that are going to help us reverse the downward spiral into an upward pattern of growing that wisdom, growing the skills. You know, what is the goal that you want for your kids to learn and how can you teach that proactively? You know, Hebrews 12, 11 says, no, discipline seems pleasant at the time, but sorrowful. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So keeping our focus on the righteousness and peace that can be grown through training, through really teaching and setting our kids up for just right challenges and, you know, role playing and practicing and doing all the training that helps them to do better and really is the core of true discipline. 
when I was looking at that Hebrews 12 passage, one of my Bible reference books talked about how the Greek word for trained in that passage is referring to vigorous exercise, like the training of an athlete. And I just thought, you know, what a perspective shift that is to think about this proactive, you know, training of our children, exercise of of their muscles, of their skills that they've been given. And there's a positivity to that too, of like, we just put our kids in swim team this fall and we didn't do it because we're like, oh, these kids are terrible swimmers. We got to nip this terrible swimming in the bud. It was because we we saw that they had gifts for swimming. They loved it. And we're like, let's develop these gifts. And it's really fun and fun to see them developing their skills. And so if we can have even just a little of that perspective as parents of, you know, developing those gifts, developing those skills in our kids proactively and knowing that it's going to take some time to develop. Isn't that it? Like we don't throw them in the water and expect them to like win a competition, do we? Right. (laughs) Right. It takes steps and training. And we're thinking through what skills will pile on each other to bring competency in this area. And we'll put in the show notes, the link to a blog post that we've done recently, just about building identity as a family of learners. There's a lot of cross pollination of ideas between that post and this podcast here as well, of just ways that you can help kids learn those, the wisdom and skills they need to do better and to avoid that misbehavior, but do it in fun ways that encourages them that instead of discouraging them. Well, I know that there's one more shift before we close our podcast today. And I wonder, go ahead, Lydia, with that last one. Yeah. So this last shift is mentoring identity and purpose, God's vision for our kids. So, you know, let's think back to the disciple Peter. And um, do you remember that that verse where Jesus says, and you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church. Peter means rock. And so even back in earlier days, Jesus was calling out Peter's identity mm. and building that into him. That identity is there, even in the messiness in the mistakes. And that's something we want to impart to our children that, you know, we see how God has created them. We're on almost like a treasure hunt to discover our kids' gifts and help them develop the values to use them well. I just thought of a a simple, practical example of that. When one of our kids was struggling, like I said, with aggression more, and just at that time of life when you know, he just had such big emotions and, in, and intentionality and would, would break into that aggression. I was a creative memories person at the time, you know? <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yep, yep. Cut out all the little cute things and make these big albums. And I made an, a page in his album. I always did them on themes, not chronology, about becoming a gentle man, a gentleman. And it was all the pictures of him being nurturing and gentle with like, there was a picture with a little parakeet and with a baby and with his sister. And I put that all together in just a way that that was like a visual image for him of how he was growing in this area. So it's just a simple example, but maybe when you see your kids interacting in a way that's either responsible or respectful or compassionate to take a picture and then send that to a grandma or to a co-parent or, you know, a friend or, or something like that, that you can begin to build identity around those, the moments when you see this misbehavior that your child struggles with, they're, they're functioning in a whole different way. That is what God is growing in their life in this area. Mm-hmm. So 
take a picture, define it, help them to see the value of it and nurture that new identity. I love that. It's like, have a bigger vision for your kids than just what you're seeing, you know, tap into how God has created them and vision for their long-term future that you can then speak that into who they are and into who, you know, their character and how then God wants to use that in this world and what life that gives to our kids instead of the opposite of just seeing the behavior that needs to be fixed or yeah. Or in your case, Lynn, it was the aggression. It was, no, this is who I see you. This is who God has called you to be and what different interactions that we will have with with our kids when we think and then interact, speak to our kids in that way. And and how they are now in this difficult brain half developed phase of their life is not a sentence of how they're going to be when they're older. This one that's struggled the most with aggression is so gentle and compassionate now. So to just have the vision of what God is growing and a phrase that we say for parents, let your shining moments be your defining moments, because that is what God is growing in you. That's true for your kids as well. Help their shining moments become their defining moments, because that's what God is growing in them. I have a really sweet family that I'm coaching who was talking to me recently about, I'm just concerned about a lack of empathy in in one of their kiddos in, you know, moments of conflict. But they also, as they're talking to me, they said, you know, when we see somebody in need or when he sees a child that's struggling, he's the first one (laughs) to want to do something. And I said, oh, that's such beautiful empathy. Maybe like thinking about that moment, just like you said, Lynn, Mm -hmm. letting that shining moment define who your child is. That's his true self right there that God is wanting to develop in him. And that's such a powerful shift to just see that. And I think it gives us a lot of hope as parents as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I've had that same experience time after time with coaching clients that the the intense one, they see those glimmers of real sensitivity and a God-given sense of justice, just growing in tiny little, like tiny little shoots in the spring coming up out of the ground. So So Lynn, you mentioned an article that goes with this podcast. I think there's two of them with various resources that we will have in the show notes for everyone. But I wanted to pull out one quote to end our podcast today that that just sums everything up that I that we said so well. And here it is. Um, Discipline is about relentlessly nurturing a vision for God's purposes in our children and believing that even when our kids misbehave, we have the opportunities to point them to God. Love it. Yeah. I just think, you know, this speaks of so much grace for parents and kids. If we think about discipline, discipling. So thinking back to that story about Peter and Jesus and how if Jesus had a disciple deny him after three years of perfect discipling, because we're talking about Jesus here, right? perfect discipling, and there is still this big failure. That's so much grace for us as parents. You know, we're talking about a really long process and think about Peter, how after these failures and these beautiful shining moments with Jesus, what a leader he became in our whole Christian faith and how beautiful that is to think about how God's purposes prevailed relentlessly 
you know, and, and, and there's still so much good in the meantime, even while things are messy and difficult because of God's grace. You know, here I got I mean, punched. <laughs> right. Okay. That's what I was just going to say, Lydia. You got punched. Yeah, I got punched in church over a candle. And, but then, you know, a few minutes later, I had this beautiful moment with my son singing together. And so, yeah, it's both. It's both parts of that. Yeah. And there might be a mom here that would go, yeah, I'd get punched and then I'd get punched again and punched again. And I don't know that I would ever get to this place with my son, but there's still so much power and grace in that. And parents can experience this harvest of righteousness and peace, even if their kids are still struggling. We can't promise anything about your kids like, okay, do this like Lydia, and you'll get the silent night perfect ending. You know, it's not like that. But parents, your kids are watching you and they can see how you've walked by faith through these tough times and lived in that faith. And then they'll get to decide what to do with that modeling over time. I had a coaching client recently who has one of the most stressed, sensory sensitive, anxious, struggling kiddos that I've coached about and, you know, can say really awful things to people. But when she was working on a workbook of people I learned from, who was at the top the list, her mom. And she said to her mom, you are so patient at other times. She said to her mom, you are so patient. And so that child is noticing the behavior is still struggling, but it's like making deposits in the life of your child that when their nervous system calms down and they grow in maturity, you can see this harvest of righteousness as their kids can then begin to also respond in grace and peace for others. The first step is having those disciples that'll jump right out of the boat and swim for those loving arms of grace that they know so well. And then we see that harvest of righteousness and peace come out of that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Lydia and Lynn, thanks so much for being with me on the podcast today, imparting your stories, the laughter, the wisdom. I know that this podcast was really encouraging and useful to so many people. So thanks for being with me today. Well, we want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment. And don't forget to check out the Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart online course. It's starting really soon. I'd love you to join me. Well, information about the course, about the resources we've mentioned, and about Connected Families is in our show notes and also on connectedfamilies.org. See you next time. 